0: Well good morning everybody. Welcome to our first ever at the movie series at Emerge Church. Today we're gonna have some fun. Is that all right? Everybody got some popcorn? You got a soft drink? Listen the smell of popcorn this morning was so beautiful. Am I right? Just a good way to come into church is smelling some popcorn. So today we're gonna have some fun. Uh, This is a pretty popular sermon series that churches across the country have been doing, and this is our first time to jump in on it. And the flow of this whole series is to use movies basically as sermon illustrations. So don't worry, we're going to speak some words today, we're going we're to really, really bring a good message, but we're going to use the movie to kind of highlight some things that uh, we want to talk about, and it's really effective, it's really powerful. There were some people getting a little emotional in the first service, I had a lady recommend that we have some tissue boxes out along with the popcorn, because they were getting a little emotional at the end, and so... Anyway, it was, it, it, first service went extremely well. It's a lot of fun. So today we're going to take a look at one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. We're going to watch uh, some clips from the movie Elf. And I don't know if you realize this, but this movie is already 16 years old. Wow, wow. Can you believe that? Like that went quick, am I right? But 16 years ago, this movie came out. And if you haven't seen it, it's a funny movie, and uh, it features uh, the all. Fun guy, Will Ferrell. Everybody loves Will, especially Joey. Uh, And so today, uh, we're going to laugh a little bit. Now, last week, we got a really, really cool compliment from a gentleman that was at church. He said, man, I laughed so much today at church. He said, I think it's really cool that you can go to church and laugh. And I, I, I tell you, we want our church to be full of joy, and we want our church to be full of laughter, amen, because a merry heart does good like a medicine, and I think we should be able to laugh at church. We can't laugh at church. Something is wrong. Am I right? All right, so let's jump into this. The story begins in an orphanage. And Santa is bringing gifts to the children in the orphanage. And there's a baby, a little toddler that's in his crib. And Santa, he drops his sack. He goes over to get the cookies and milk that were left for him. And while he's doing that, this child sneaks out of the crib and actually gets into Santa's bag. Santa doesn't know. It. Goes back after Christmas is over. Gets back to the North Pole. And as he's just kind of winding down, this child comes crawling out of the bag. And it's, it just kind of amazes everyone. And I'm not trying to ruin the story. i got to set it up for you. For you so if you haven't seen it, okay, here we go anyway um so the they they discover that this child has come has come back with Santa, and they're not sure what to do it, so Papa Elf decides that he is going to adopt. Uh, this little elf, um, and this kid, and his name is going to be Buddy the Elf. I want you to know how interesting and awkward it is to be up here preaching and saying Buddy the Elf. Never in my life did I thought in my sermons I would be saying Buddy the Elf, but here we are. Here we are. Okay, so so Buddy... he he's he's this child he's adopted and as he's growing up he notices some differences between himself as a human and the elves that are there and they reached the point where they have to tell buddy the truth because he thinks he's an elf but yet he's bigger than everyone he's got some different things going on that they don't have so eventually they tell him you're not a real elf that you're a human being and so buddy it's kind of like the reality's hitting him so he's got questions and so he wants to go and meet his dad so he sets out to go to walk from the north pole all the way to new york don't you love movies and he is going to go and um meet his father. Now, when you watch this movie, one of the things that you're going to notice in here is the innocence of Buddy the Elf, okay? And he didn't know what the real world was because he was living in the North Pole, and it was a lot of fun. It was like Christmas pretty much every day. But he had this simple kind of faith, and, and, and trust me, there's some stuff in here today as we talk about faith that I really think is going to have a, just a, a strong effect on your life. But he lived in this, this world where it was all about believing. And because of his belief, he had a lot of joy. He lived in this world that's full of joy. And if you, if you really get into the movie, you start to realize that this is what we see in kids. There's something about kids that they just want to have fun all the time. They believe easily. They always seem like they're enjoying some things. And they're innocent. And because of that innocence, they seem to trust very easily. Don't you notice that about little kids? Like if you tell them, hey, we might do this, you better go ahead and plan to do it because they're writing it down. Like if, you, if they ask you, hey, can we go to Disney World? You'll say, I don't know. We'll see. To them, we'll see means we're going, we're just not talking about it right now. And just because they have such a faith that they believe the best. And it's incredible that they have that, but whenever they begin to grow up and they begin to learn some things, they begin to experience some things, they begin to go through some things, what we notice is that innocence begins to erode. We notice that their ability just to easily trust begins to to crumble. And they're not trusting like they used to. They're not believing in, really, as a result, they're not having the kind of joy that they had at that one time when they were such a child. And whenever you think of this, we start thinking of ourselves because it's happened to us. We've all gone through that time where it's as little kids, we were so trusting. We were the ones that were holding mom and dad to what they said they were going to do. and We couldn't wait. We were so anticipating everything. And then things begin to happen to us. And we begin to learn things. And we're not trusting as much anymore because of what we went through. And we don't have that kind of joy anymore. And really what happens is we don't have that kind of faith anymore. You'll notice we're going to talk about that a little bit today. See, I think the real tragedy is when we lose that innocent and that simple faith, it begins to rob us of our joy. And eventually, because we're losing our joy, because we're becoming a little bit cynical, slowly it separates us from God. We don't believe him like we once did. Like when we were children, we believed God could do anything. But now we're a little bit older, we don't know if God would do it. We don't think he can. We don't have that childlike faith anymore. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 18, he said, unless you turn from your sins and watch this, become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Now, he wasn't setting an age requirement, but what was he doing? He was saying, listen, we've got to have that kind of innocent faith like a child where we just believe because we know that God is good. And I don't think it's always that easy, though, because we live in a world that just questions everything like we question things I do don't you like you hear things even though there's a possibility we still question it how why what are we going to do there's just so many questions and what you're going to notice in the movie is that buddy the elf goes through this because his childlike faith that innocence is challenged when he is confronted with some realities of the world and it doesn't believe like he does. And he begins to have some, some internal conflicts with what he's always believed and what he's experienced. And so in this next clip, we're going to see that Buddy is going to New York. And he's about to meet his dad. I want you to watch what happens right here. Like Buddy, he, he just believes everything so easily. And everything just seems like fun to him. But his dad, you could tell his dad doesn't have a whole lot of fun. He's just kind of grouchy. And he's just into doing a lot of hard work. But I want to ask you today... And this is going to be one of the themes of this message is, are you a believer or do you have doubts? Like when you watch this, you see Buddy and you obviously see someone who's carefree. And then you see his dad who obviously looks like he doesn't care. You can tell who's believing. You can tell who's not. Which one would we fall into the category of? And I would say that most of us would think that it kind of depends because there are some areas in my life where it's not hard to believe. And I believe, but there are other things, there are other situations, other areas where I find it extremely challenging to have faith. And the answer that everything, think of this, everything in our life, it's literally leaning on, it's resting on what you and I believe. It's resting on who we believe in, who we trust, how we trust, the whole picture of our lives. It's determined by what we believe, and believe it or not, the joy that that we have in our life, it's coming from where we believe, and the lack of joy that we have, it's coming from where we believe. And so some people think that their life is determined by the things that are happening to them. And no doubt, there are things that occur in our life that we don't have any control over, and So we're led to believe that because things don't go so well that I can't have joy. Because this keeps happening, that keeps happening, and it's, here we go again. Uh, A family reached out this morning, and they're sick again. They were sick last week, and now they're sick again, and now their car is broken. It's kind of like, what's going to happen next? And so we can live this life of just trying to keep up with everything that's going on. And because it's happening over and over, we don't have the joy. And we're trying to figure out, why is this happening And this is what I found, that we're not going to find joy in our external circumstances. We're not going to find it in what's happening to us, but real joy is going to come from an internal faith. And that is a faith in God. And that means that no matter what's happening to me, I can still have joy because my life is founded upon Him. And think of this, one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy. And can the Holy Spirit be present in our life even when all of these other tragedies, these other circumstances are going on? And the answer is yes. He is with us. He is in us. And if He is with us and He is in us, we can still have joy. But really it's a matter of what do we believe? Do you believe that you can have joy even though things happen? I think the way to find real joy is to believe again. Because you think about it, as a child, at one point you did have joy and you believed and you had joy and people just kept raining on your parade. And now you're at the point in your life where you can't believe anymore. And because of that, we have a hard time having that joy that we want so much. So I want us to ask, I want us to ask this question today. Have I stopped believing? Have I stopped believing? And I think you'll know if you stop believing by these three symptoms. Let's dive into this for a moment. The first thing that I think that you experience when you stop believing is exhaustion. And some of you, as soon as I said, it's like, I need a nap. (laughs) Just exhausted, just this overwhelming feeling. And I think it's because we're no longer depending on God. We're depending on ourselves. We're depending on ourselves to make it all happen, to make it all good. And if it's not good enough, I'll just try harder. And we're wearing ourselves out trying to do what only God can do. And I think, look, let's make it really, really practical. Let's make it really real. This is how it works. See, we think that I'm just striving, trying to achieve everything because of that I'm exhausted. But this is how you know I'm becoming exhausted in my faith. I stopped praying. It was something that was subtle. But I stopped praying. I stopped believing. I stopped trusting God. And instead of going to God with it, I started carrying it all on my own. And over time, I just couldn't bear the weight of it. It was too heavy. And now I'm exhausted. Have you ever been there? Another issue, another symptom of that unbelief, I think, is emptiness. It's emptiness. And this is a tough one because we're trying to fill our lives up. We're trying to fill our schedules up. We're trying to fill our lives because we want certain things that we believe are going to give us the happiness, that's going to give us the joy, that's going to give us the life that we believe that we're meant to have. But we still have a sense that something is missing. We have this sense that even though I may have the best job, the best family, the best home, the best car, and we could keep going down the list of all of these material things, there's still something missing. And here's why. We're not just physical beings. We're not just physical beings, and we're not just collecting physical things. Here's another thing. We're not just emotional beings. It's not just about... How we feel, and a lot of times we wind up in some things emotionally we had no business winding up in. We wind up in some things physically that we should have never been in. We wind up in some relationships. Why? Because we're trying to fill a void in our life that cannot be filled by some kind of physical thing or some kind of emotional thing. It's a spiritual thing. See, you and I are spiritual beings, and the only thing that fills that true that fills that void truly is going to be the presence of God. In our lives. And while we're searching, trying to get all these other things to come and fill our lives, we need God's presence. And how is that going to happen? I have to believe again. Puts me in a place of trusting. Watch this. Trusting in the areas where it's hard to trust. Think about that. It's so hard to trust in that area. But if I'm going to have joy, I have to take the risk and trust again. Here's another symptom of unbelief, enslavement, and this one is so serious because, and I need you to hear this today, because you and I, we have an enemy, and he's an enemy that is trying to get us to doubt God and stop believing in anything. See, that's what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to get you to the place that you no longer believe. And his ultimate goal, watch this, is to enslave you to a new reality. He's trying to change your perspective, how you see things. He's trying to change your perspective of how you see people and friendship. I don't need anybody anymore. Yes, you do. I don't need to be married. Listen, God created marriage, and if anything changes our view of it, it's from the enemy. Amen? I'm serious. Same thing with church. The enemy is trying to separate you from these different things. Why? Because he knows if he can separate you from it, you will no longer believe and When you no longer believe, it's going to separate you from God. See, the enemy's trying to make you look at a good thing and call it bad because something has happened. That's the plan of the enemy. So how do we overcome this? First John 5, 4. Listen to this verse because this is powerful. It says, Every God-begotten person Conquers the world's ways. That's so strong. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes Jesus is the son of God. It's the one that is putting their faith and trust In Jesus. And so the hope that I have for you today is that you and I, we would have faith, not in Santa Claus, but in God. Amen. That we would truly trust in Jesus. And so whenever you watch this movie, it's amazing because this guy, Buddy the Elf, he just believes in Santa. It's so easy for him to believe it. And I think the reason why it was so easy to believe in him, it's because he saw him. He met him. He knew him. And it's the same thing with us and God. If we really get to know him, it's going to make it easier for us to believe him. Do you know him today? Do you know him? See, you couldn't keep Buddy from what he believed. And I think when you meet Jesus, you can believe him too. Now, I'm going to show you something else here in this show. Because now you got some people who are kind of grouchy. And now there's this conflict, like, what are you going to do about it? Because there's a clash between the sadness and now the singing. Check this out. Now, in this scene right here, Buddy, I think, reveals, like, a secret to our faith. And it's, he reveals a secret to, to believe. And that is the power of worship. I mean, they call it singing, but we're going to adapt it and we're going to call it the ability to worship. Now, if you notice, throughout the movie, there's this one phrase that they say over and over. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Now, believe it or not, I think that's true. I think it's true. Now, uh, before we go on, I want to ask you this question. Are any of you the kind of person that will just bust out singing, like at work or family gatherings? Just who's that person in here? I do it all the time. Like at the church office, you can ask Jay, you can ask Ellen. I bust out singing, and I sing like there's thousands that are there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm lifting it up. I'm spreading it. For all, I'm bringing it in. Like I'm, I'm in it, man. And you know what's crazy? I don't even know if it sounds good. I'm pretty sure it does. But anyway, I'm in there singing. I'm performing. I'm just bringing it. And every time I do it, they laugh. They laugh, they begin to laugh. Now, they're probably laughing at me. I feel like they're laughing with me. But here's what I know it begins to bring joy. It changes the whole culture, the whole climate, the whole atmosphere of the room. You could be mad, you could be agitated, then you start singing. The next thing you know, they're just laughing. It's just funny. But there is something about whenever you and I begin to sing and you and I begin to worship God, it has the literal power to change. Your perspective. It begins to change how we feel. It changes how we think. It just has something powerful about it. And in this movie right here, we see that he's always like, hey, if you begin to sing, it's going to change some things in your life. And what I notice is over time, like when we're little kids, we just want to sing. We don't care what we sound like. Little kids stand up there and those little Christmas things do out of little hand motions and sing monotone the whole time. And every parent's taking pictures of them. They're not worried about a thing. You get older and it's like hands in your pocket. Look, all cold. What's, What's up? What's up? You know what I'm saying? What's happening to us? Like we're losing something so important. In Psalms 149, it says that our worship to God is like a two edged sword in our hand, amen, come on, that's strong and I believe this, that our worship defeats our enemy and it releases our faith to believe again think of this, every Sunday we come in here and we play these songs and if we didn't play these songs, you would look at me like you are about to take my head off and so we play these songs, why? Because it changes our perspective it helps us see that God is bigger than my problems, and all week I'm contemplating my problems, but in a few songs on a Sunday, I believe I begin to sing a powerful name it is I begin to sing about how great God is and it sizes up my problems with who God is and I realize that God is greater than all of these different things that are coming at me all week it builds my faith it makes me believe again and it makes me want to go for it this is something I learned a long time ago never lose your song. in fact you ever read the book of Job that's a tough one in the Bible because Job loses everything but if you go and read the first thing that he lost was his cattle. And some people will say. Well I guess God wanted him to be a vegetarian. <laughs> but here's what you got to realize. The first thing that the enemy took from him. Was his worship. He tried to. Because the Old Testament. They were sacrificing the bulls to the Lord. And the enemy came. And the first thing he tried to take. Was his worship. And the first thing that the enemy will try to take from you and I. Is our. Worship, that place where we can't sing to the Lord, that place where we can't declare God's goodness and we can't truly express our hearts in worship. That's what the enemy is trying to do to get you to the place that you're so discouraged that you won't sing. So think of that when we come to church. All these problems can be heavy on us, but we begin to sing to the Lord, even just hearing it. You begin to hear these songs about how powerful he is and the goodness of God. And it changes your perspective. It changes how you're feeling about it. It makes you believe again. Even this morning as we were singing what a powerful name it is. Some of us were struggling, but you heard that and it gave you some hope. And now that song's going to be in your head all week. And so even though those problems are there, you're singing about the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Worship changes our realities. You know. There are times where like my faith gets discouraged, where things I wanted to happen one way happen differently. And I can read everything. I could go to God's word and I'd know it. But something happens when I turn that worship music on and I begin to sing about how good God is. This week I was sitting on my lawnmower. it was getting late, had a bunch of people coming over. And it was turning dark, couldn't fix the tire on the front, and I cut my whole yard with a front tire on the front of the mower. But I had my praise and worship music on in my earphones, and I was singing like nobody was around. I'm telling you, it was a big concert. A lot of people were there while I was cutting the grass. And I was just having a moment with God. While I was cutting the grass, y'all, I'm telling you, it was powerful. You should have been there. You could have helped. But it was awesome. And I'm just having these God moments right there. And it was just building my faith. And even though I know there's some real situations and some real things to deal with, it builds my faith to believe that no matter what, God is able. Amen? God is able. And I think it's so important that we take a praise break every now and then. Amen? Get in your truck and just turn it up. Come on, fellas. Get in the truck. Turn it up. Roll the windows down at the red light and show them what you got. Come on, somebody. Your worship is like your weapons. and Whenever you and I begin to worship God, we're armed and we're dangerous. That's where we're letting the enemy know I'm armed and I'm dangerous. When I begin to sing this song, I'm invoking the power of God. It's stirring my faith and it's making me believe again. You better not mess with me, Satan. Come on, somebody. Somebody's getting fired up in here at the movie series. So maybe you're here today and maybe after hearing what i'm saying you realize and i think i know why god's got me here i think god is trying to get me to see that if i truly believe him if i truly start trusting him some things in my life are going to change there are things that are going on in people's lives today think about this it's a holiday season this is the toughest time of the year for people right now it's a tough time because there are some realities that begin to hit about their finances There's some realities that begin to hit about their families. There's some realities that begin to hit in so many different ways, and it could become so discouraging. And what we're about to see here in a moment is what Buddy Buddy the Elf is about to go through. Because in the first time in his life, he's about to start to doubt. And so in this clip, he has this encounter with his father where he has to face some rejection. And it's pretty tough for him. Let's watch this clip right here. That's a pretty tough scene. And what's interesting about it is, as tough as it is, um, that's a scene that some people can relate to. the Rejection. You know, as tough as it is to have that kind of conflict between you and somebody else, especially when it's somebody that you love, I need you to hear that the truth is that the enemy of your soul is trying to set up conflicts just like this in your life. Like... Not just to destroy the relationship between you and that other person, but he's trying to create an event that becomes, watch this, this is so key, that becomes a defining moment in your life. And that defining moment puts us in the place where we no longer believe like we used to. It literally becomes like that moment where I believed in that relationship so much, but because this happens, I no longer believe it. It happens with families all the time. We have this interaction with someone and it becomes so conflicting and it gets heated and it gets out of control. And because of that one defining moment, it changes how we see family now. Changes how we see marriage. It can happen in church. It changes how we see church. It changes how we see friendships because we were not a part of that. And we didn't get to do that. And there was some kind of conflict that occurred. And now we don't see friendship. And it puts us in a place that we say, I don't need that anymore. And we put a stiff arm out and we're trying to protect ourselves. But that's the very things that we needed. See, I think what's happening is Satan is trying to isolate us and get us to a place where we no longer believe. Because that's the place where we are the most vulnerable. The place that we no longer believe God is the place that we begin to separate from him. Do you see what Satan's plan is? It's to, it's to create defining moments that cause you to no longer believe. And he does it through conflict and relationships to break it down so you don't believe about that the same anymore. You don't believe about the relationship the same way anymore. And I think as I'm sharing this today, some of you are recounting some some issues, some conflicts that you may have had within your own family, with some friendships. Maybe it happened when you you were younger and you were trying to become, uh, like you were trying to impress a group of people, or you were trying to fit in. You were so searching for acceptance that you compromised some things just to fit in, only to find that they weren't really your true friends, and you didn't realize how far it was pulling you away from your family. You didn't realize how it was pulling you even away from God. But it was a defining moment in your life. Maybe it was a tragedy that occurred. And because of that tragedy and you couldn't understand it, you blamed God and just felt like because of this, I can't trust God anymore. It was a defining moment. And I just can't trust God anymore because why would this happen? Maybe it was a choice that we made and there was a lot of consequences for it. And because of that, there's so much guilt and shame. And we just are convinced that God can't forgive us. And we're just kind of stuck right there. It's defined our lives and we're just stuck. Can we believe again? See, the enemy of our soul is destroying our faith. And what does he do? He does it with a moment. He does it with a defining moment. But I think at the same time, I believe God can change our lives through some defining moments. I think about the story of a man named Moses that was wandering in a wilderness to escape his guilt and shame of killing an Egyptian soldier. And because of that moment that he had with God where there was a burning bush, and out of the burning bush God speaks to him, it changed his life forever, and forever changed the course of a nation. Think about that. Think about this man named Saul that had been persecuting Christians, that was on his way to Damascus to persecute even more Christians, and along the way to go and do something that was destroying, a light appears to him, and God literally turns his life around. It was a defining moment that set up all of our New Testament. Like it was a defining moment that changed everything. And even though they all have, even though we all have these moments, these defining moments that I think the enemy meant for bad, I believe God gives us defining moments that he sets us up for good, amen, that turns all things around. Defining moment. It's a moment to believe again. It's a moment today I'm praying that through something as simple as a series, using a movie, perhaps that you will have a moment with God as we're sharing this today that will make you believe again, that will will put you in a place to say, let's go for it again. Let's trust again. Let's give it another shot. Let's give the relationship another chance. Let's trust again. Because I believe when we trust again, that's a place where we can experience God's joy. No matter how bad it gets, there's always a moment where you can believe again. Are you ready to believe again? Yeah. We're going to watch one more clip this morning. And at this last clip, this is the towards the end of the movie. And this is where really everything is beginning to come together. And there are some things that are being restored. I want you to watch this clip. This is our last one today. Check this out. I like, I like the way that the movie ends. Because what you see happening in this show Uh, is really the faith that Buddy has begins to influence people all around him. Can I tell you what you believe is so important? When you truly believe and trust in God, it's going to influence not just your life, but it's going to have the power to influence lives all around you. If you see what happened in that show, people became believers again. They believed again. And listen, when we believe again, our lives are going to change. I want you to think right now some areas that you stopped believing. That it's time to believe again. Areas where you no longer believe God. That it's time to start believing again. So the last question comes down to this is how. How do I believe again? And the Bible says that it begins with our mouth. It begins with our Confession, how we're speaking. In Romans 10, it says this If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So, how do I do it? I start saying it. And I keep saying it. Here, let me give it to you. I know this is the state of our family. But I'm going to believe that God can turn it around. And even though that happened, and you know this is happening, I still believe that God is able to turn it around. I keep confessing it even though I see this happening. Even though our finances look like this, I still believe that God is a provider. I still believe that God will give us the wisdom to turn this thing around. I keep believing. I keep confessing it over and over. I know my son is away from the Lord. I know my child is away from God, but I'm going to stand firm in believing that they will come back to Christ. I'm going to keep confessing it. I'm going to keep saying it, even though I don't feel it, even though I may not see it. I'm going to keep saying it. And I think the more you say it, That's where your faith begins to happen. One last verse, verse 11 of that same chapter in Romans 10. It says, anyone who trusts God like this, heart and soul, will never regret it. I want you to think about how much regret we have in our lives. And the regret comes from things like this. I wish I would have done this. I wish I wouldn't have done that. I think the biggest regret we'll have at the end of our lives will be, I wish I would have believed I wish I would have believed God more. Instead of taking this all on myself, instead of having an expectation on all kinds of other people, I wish I just would have said, God, I trust you. Maybe today you find yourself in a situation that you're not trusting God. You're trying to do it on your own and you're exhausted. You're feeling completely empty and overwhelmed, but now you're stuck. It's time to believe again. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this room this morning because maybe when you look at your life you're not where you need to be with god maybe you've been living life on your own terms and because of it you sense you could feel the separation from god but you know in your heart you must return to him you must believe him again you must believe him again for your salvation you must believe him again for all the different areas of your life and today it's time to return to the lord and if you're here with us this morning we want to help you to take that step to come to the Lord. Trust Him for your salvation. Trust Him with all of your life. And if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior, The good news is today, this is your moment. This is your defining moment that can turn your life around forever. The moment where we trust God for our salvation and we begin to follow him is the day that we are saved from our sins. It's the day that we begin walking the path and the plans that God has for us. And today, if you're away from God, we want to invite you to pray this prayer. We pray this every Sunday together, not out of tradition, but this is our mission. This is what we're here to do, is to help people connect with God. And if you're here today and you're away from God, I want you to pray this prayer with us today. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for loving me, even when I didn't believe. Today I make a conscious decision that I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with my life. And I'm going to put my hope in you. And I'm going to follow your ways. Thank you that you gave your life for me when you went to the cross to forgive me of my sins. And because of my belief in you, you forgive my sins. So, Lord, today I choose to surrender and live my life your way. I believe you. I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Put your hands together. Somebody today made a decision.